0: It. One, two, and three, and we are live. Welcome to War Hippies in the Morning. Yeah, dude.
1: Fucking different. Yeah, what is it? Eleven. Yeah, that's like
0: eight. That's more like eight in the morning for a guy like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I've been up since seven, but I definitely am not very useful in the morning. But, um, so, yeah, we're we're kind of switching up the time that we do this now. We usually record these on uh, Thursday nights, but um, I just got a new job, and, and his work schedule changed, and work just made it so we had to choose a different time. So now the mornings are going to be where we're coming to you from, for the most part. Yeah, the fucking, uh, the man has
1: a way of doing things like that. You know, if, in case you haven't noticed, you know, I'm sure people, listeners out there can relate to that shit. You know, yeah, it's, you know, my dream is to definitely have, like, where I'm self-sufficient off of the creative shit, because, like, when, yeah, when you're working, like, even though I like my job that I have, fucking, yeah, the man always finds a way to, like, throw the monkey wrench in, like, a
0: schedule or yeah do it, you know. It's... It's especially... I've noticed... One second, I'm sorry. I'm stoned in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying was... I feel like creative people, people who all, always have shit going through their head, and people who are just driven to, to make things, I don't think those people are able to function in a normal society as well as other people who don't really yeah. do anything. And their life is pretty much just go to work, come home, eat, sleep, and then repeat the shit. And I, my dream is to not have a schedule. I don't want to have a specific time of the day where I have to be uh-huh. somewhere. I want to be able to do what I know this sounds selfish as shit now that I'm saying it, but I want to be able to do what I want when I want. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, that's uh honestly, you probably took the words right out of my mouth. That's like, that's literally what I'm going for in life. Is like I want to wake up with no fucking agenda. You know, I don't want to have to be somewhere. But st- at any st- still be doing time.
0: things, but yeah yeah on your own time yeah
1: exactly or if you know if i'm doing things it's more like you know how how i do my tattoos or like i know when i schedule that person or whatever you know it's i'm scheduling them when it works for me and things Mm -hmm. like that like i would like the whole rest of my life to be like that where i'm just i'm doing stuff when i want you know what i want when i want
0: yeah i i think that it It's an interesting concept <coughs> because I, I've never had that before. Yeah. So I always wish I could get, like, a free trial of that shit. Like, for two, three... Give me three months to do whatever the fuck I want on my own schedule.
1: Yeah, see, I I had a little sneak preview of that, yeah, for about, like, that period of time. Like, when I first left... When I first got done with my apprenticeship and I left the tattoo shop I was at, I didn't have any other job or anything, and I was just kind of just ripping tats out of my house, and that was like a little taste I had of like, just doing what I want, and it was, uh, it was pretty fucking awesome, you know. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. If, if the only problem at that time was it was like yeah I just I need to be making a considerably more money yeah
0: in order to it's, do this comfortably yeah <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to like <clears throat> during during covid during the quarantine yeah um i was out of work i was collecting unemployment and i didn't have to be anywhere Yeah. so i was pretty much able to create my own schedule and because of unemployment I was making like 700 yeah, fucking yeah. dollars a week. Yeah, over here in CT. So I was I was we, living yeah, we, yeah, well. very comfortably for to, in doing nothing. Yeah. Like literally just making music. Yeah. And I had such a fucking blast doing that shit. I was like is this possible? Like I it's almost kind of fucked up that I was able to experience that. Because now, I know for a fact that, like, if I had that, I'd be so fucking, like, I'd have no fucking issues, no worries. Yeah.
1: Same here. Because, yeah, like, when I had that little period, yeah, when I left there, it was like, yeah, I was playing my drums every day. I was fucking, I was drawing my ass off. I was like, yeah, I was producing so much like, art and shit, like, it was, I was just, like, fucking banging out all these crazy, you know, detailed drawings and shit, and if I was able to, uh, I'm like, man, if I was able to fucking continue doing that for, like, the rest of my life, that would just, that would be it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, that would be the ticket.
0: And it's one of those things where, like, <clears throat> it's doable. Like, yeah, we can get to that point. So, I'm still going going to school, um, for machining, I just got a job at a machine shop as a, as a machinist and I like doing that, but I would so much fucking rather not do that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like if I end up having to do that for the rest of my life, well, then all right. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. But if if I could ever get to a point where I was self-sustaining and not having to worry about anything. Like, when I say create your own schedule, do what you want, when you want, I'm talking, like, you could be fucking waking up at 8 p.m. Yeah. You get up, it's starting to get dark out, it's already dark out, and you could just fucking do, do whatever you were doing, whether whether it be working on music or drawing or, or something like that. And you could do that until fucking noon. The next day, and then sleep for the yeah. rest of the fucking, like, and you didn't, and you don't even have to do that. If you wake up and there are days where you're just not feeling yourself creatively, you don't have to worry about anything. You could just, yeah, just chill all day. you could just chill all day. You could wake up, you could fucking take a
1: little fucking solo day trip somewhere if you mm-hmm. wanted. Go to, like, a fucking nice beach, and or a nice viewpoint, fucking sit there smoke you know you could yeah you just you could be stoned 24 7 yeah exactly you can live life doing what you're doing what you want you know and i would recommend keeping some sort of disciplines in there like oh, some yeah. sort of exercising or <laughs> shit like that but fucking you know yeah just living life on your own terms and it's it's one of those things especially in this day and age it's like it's super doable it's super attainable i've seen a lot of people doing it with like even fucking no talent and shit you know, so, it's like, if they're doing it, then why not? Because, yeah, because even me, like, you know, I, I also currently have a job that I, you know, I like doing my job, and, yeah, it's a job I like, and I definitely could have a solid career at the company I work for, but, you know, yeah, if I I could not do that and Mm -hmm. just do my fucking music and my art and all that shit just, yeah,
0: just for a living... That would, be, that would yeah. be that'd be the ticket. But the one thing I do appreciate about my new schedule is I have to be at work until 2. So I've been spending the mornings hiking and coming back and working on music until I have to go to work. So I've been actively working on another solo project for about two weeks now. And my goal with it is I'm just going to write every day until it's finished i'm gonna write the entire thing first still do like little demos but nothing crazy and once i have all of those songs written which is probably going to be about 10 songs or so um i'd like to have a single out um by the end of like halloween or something like that just because halloween's the shit so i'd love to have a song drop on halloween and I'm gonna pretty much do it the same way I did it with um Dead Lamb. I'm gonna put out a new single like every month or maybe every other month for the first two until it comes out. So I'm real I'm really excited about that as I, I have plenty of time to I don't have feel like I have to rush it.
1: Yeah, totally. That's uh That's always good shit to not, like, I've always, like, with anything creative, I've always told myself, like, you know, you can't put, like, deadlines on that shit.
0: No. Because that's, like,
1: that's what's tough sometimes when I do, like, commissions for people or whatever. Like, if they want a drawing and it needs to be done by a certain time, it, like, puts fucking stress on you. Yeah, feels oh, yeah. Like, it feels like a school project, you know, it's like, oh, this is fucking due on this day, I'm like, oh, shit, you know. Yeah,
0: so I could never make music like that. Nah, nah. I, that's why I don't think I could ever <clears throat> be on a record label. Nah. It's because I don't need to be like, alright, you need to have your album finished yeah. by this date, it needs to be mixed by this date, yeah, we need to yeah. get the album art by this date, it's like... I don't think music should be made like that. No, fuck I mean, I don't know much about record labels. I know a lot of independent labels pretty much let you do whatever the fuck you want. Um, And as I've never been signed to a record label, and I never really even think about getting signed to a record label. It's just not, like, a goal of mine. No. If I would rather maybe build a following by just putting music out for free
1: yeah i mean that's i would honestly yeah just continue the path you're on you know just putting your shit out just doing it all independent because that's what uh that's basically the equivalent of what i do i mean obviously like i charge people for tattoos and shit like you know i just put my drawings out there i just put my shit out there and you know that's what you know a lot of people i get it all the fucking time where they're like oh you know Why don't you, like, try to go work for another shop or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I just kind of like doing my own fucking thing.
0: Yeah. You know, and it works out for me. So how how often do you run into um, a time where you're not in a mood or able to create? And how long does that usually last?
1: Fucking, so, I went through... One period that lasted like almost a fucking year, and then after that, is when I sort of made it more of like a discipline in my life. Yeah. So no, but I I have day like I'll have like certain weeks where I'll go like two or three days or whatever without drawing or doing anything because I just like you know like you know just worn out from work or whatever you know I'm just you know fucking I'm like yeah I'm just not in the mood and then. Yeah. Uh, But I try to, uh, you know, as as Joe Rogan would say, conquer your inner bitch. (laughs) I I try to make it a discipline to fight those voices as much as I can. Because I notice that even when I don't feel like, you know, even when I don't feel like creating, I don't feel like playing drums or I don't feel like drawing, I don't feel like working out or something like that whenever i still force myself to do those things i notice that i never regret it afterwards oh yeah
0: i i've written a lot of like really good songs when i like was sitting down to actively try to write something because i hadn't written something yeah. in like a week or something like that it's it's interesting because the way the way i want to do i i think i want to call the next solo album Shades in the Nightclub yeah I just don't know if that name's like too long nah yeah I feel I feel like that would be sick but yeah so I'm pretty much just working every day yeah. gonna try to make myself sit down every day and do something yeah e- even if it's only like adding one line or fixing yeah. like one thing in the mix yeah yeah. It's just if, as long as I actively do something yeah. for this album every day. Fuck yeah. Yeah.
1: Then then uh especially since uh yeah, I'm not fucking sick and dying anymore, too. Yeah. we can we can get back on the uh the other project too. Yeah.
0: Fucking start getting on that. That's what I'm I'm really fucking excited about that. Yeah. Because like we, it's been a few weeks since because yeah, I to, I was
1: fucking out of commission. There was no drums being played when I was fucking, when I was sick like that.
0: Yeah. So while while you you were sick, I was playing guitar. Yeah. Every day. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that because I have probably like five or six different riffs that I've come yeah, up with. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, that's what I was. I was even thinking about it too. I was like, Yeah, I know good and well that Zach's got you know some riffage he's been working on that I can come back
0: to and fucking do some shit with and i've i've like haven't really written anything for for that album yet yeah like since we last practiced i've got yeah. like two or three little uh, songs yeah. written i i have a few completed songs written um, but i'm i'm really excited about writing That record, because, and I mean, I would love to have you write with me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's gonna be extremely different from anything I've ever done before. Yeah, it's almost like. It. (laughs) That dude. That dude rides his bike past there two, three times a day. Yeah. Um. What the fuck was he listening to yesterday? Yeah, bumping some fucking techno. He was like, <laughs> he, he was listening to some, some rap and I know what it is, but I can't think of it right now, but he was bumping the fuck out yeah. it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, um, so I'm really excited about writing this album because it's going to be kind of like a concept album, but at the same time, not really. Yeah. Um, just songs that tell stories. Yeah. And not even all songs telling stories, but like just descriptive language yeah that's different from how i normally write yeah
1: no it felt good like once i started feeling good again it felt amazing because uh because yeah how how we were just speaking on like times you've gone without doing stuff creative like when i was sick obviously like i wanted to
0: but like Mm -hmm. i was
1: fucking laid out for like a good week and a half so i didn't do shit for drawing or or music, or anything for, like, a week, and then, yeah, once I started getting healthy again, it was, like, it was, it felt dope to, like, you know, strum my guitar again and fucking kick the drums again, especially, because that's when I knew I had, like, full energy back, Mm -hmm. when I can actually play the drums for more than, like, ten seconds without feeling like I was gonna die. (laughs) And, yeah, fucking, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to get back into that, too, because, yeah, no, because then I'm gonna start You know, actually, uh, I already have a few because I learned a a good... I was practicing a few new more uh, sort of intermediate and advanced type of beats and techniques and shit. So I have a couple things that I fucking came up with on the drums, too. That would be cool to fucking try to make some guitars with and shit like that.
0: Start, you know, bouncing shit back and forth. Yeah, and then... we So we already... um, that first section of that song done. Yeah. So, we've already made, like, a little bit of headway on it, but now, now that we can get back to, like, focusing more on it. Yeah. And I just, it's, I just think it's gonna be a lot of fucking fun because there's so much shit that you can do. Yeah. And, like, with me playing guitar every single day, I've gotten better. So it's easier for me because yeah. I'm still, like, a fairly new guitar player, like, a serious guitar player. Yeah. I've been fucking around on the guitar for, like, four years now. But, like, actually sitting down and seriously trying to learn how to play the yeah. instrument, it's only been, like, a year. Not even. Yeah, yeah I, I know.
1: I noticed that with, with me with drumming, too, because, like, my total drumming is now... 14 years. Mhm. But like I wa- I want to say like 7 of those was like being serious, like actually like so like half of the to- the total time that I've been playing is is been like th- it's only been the past like 7 years. Yeah, where I've been like actually spending time learning how to play. No, and, and I've noticed that like yeah, no, I've gotten considerably better, especially now that I play more or less every day, you know, or every day that I can, So because yeah. obviously, with drums being a pretty fucking loud instrument, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a little bit harder to get your practice in, you know, when you're not, unless, unless you know, you got your ballin' like that, and you got your shit all soundproofed and all that, which, which one day, I, yeah, one yeah. day I'll have that, but yeah, right now, currently, it's just a straight up, you know, big ass acoustic drum set set up right in my house with old victorian walls in it so it's like even my neighbors can hear me fucking playing drums so yeah yeah so it's like you know sometimes it's a little harder but i was thinking about maybe investing obviously uh because you know just not only to, to bring over here you know to bring back and forth between here and my house was an electric set because mm-hmm. that way i have volume and uh yeah i'm not bugging anybody too much
0: Yeah, I've, I've like, heard people play some of those electric drums, and they sound pretty good. Yeah, no, they're, you can get nice ones that sound, like, there's people who play, like, live shows with them and shit, you know, they're legit. Also, real quick, if anybody who's listening right now knows where I can get myself a nice little piano for fairly cheap, like a, like a grand piano, for, like, maybe three hundred dollars. If if you could if you could tell me somebody who's trying to get rid of a piano, let me know because I want to start um, seriously playing piano too. Yeah. That'd I would love dope. to be good on piano and guitar. Yeah, that'd be dope. And like. Yeah. I just feel like because I used to play piano a lot. Yeah. Um I never like actually tried to learn how to play piano. I just kind of fucked around with it. And I got like um maybe the the song Ebenezer Gray on Dead Lamb. I played that on piano like back in high school. I found the file on my computer and it was something that I had always wanted to use but never got around to using it, so I ended up using that. But that was me playing piano on that. So I, I did that for a little while, but I'd love to actually try to learn how to play piano. Yeah. Even if it's just, like, off tutorials on YouTube yeah. or, or whatever the fuck. Just well, so that's basic... The, well, that's
1: the beauty of today, is, like, you can do it like that. Like, you, you don't even have to, like, pay for lessons and shit like that anymore. Like, you can learn shit we're we're it's the age of information, you know. I think mm-hmm. that's the reason so many young people get so good at shit so quick. You know, you see these young people out here, like yeah, doing whatever the fuck, like at an in a, at an extremely high level, because the information is just out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have and you don't have to fucking pay for it. Like, I always tell people, like, why the fuck would you pay for? uh, like, music lessons or art lessons where, like, you can go on YouTube and literally learn how to play fucking drums and guitar and all that shit. Yeah. You can learn how to draw off YouTube, like, yeah, some of the most high-end portrait techniques I ever learned, I learned off of, like, various YouTube videos from dudes I fuck with. hmm Like, yeah, you can just, you know, you don't really have to, uh, pay for shit now. Yeah, fuck paying for shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Like, I tried taking guitar lessons when I was younger, but I just wasn't taking it as seriously yeah. as I should have been. And I I really fucking wish that I kept going with those guitar lessons and had been playing since I yeah. was five.
1: Yeah, because then, yeah, you'd be like fucking Eddie Van Halen by now. Yeah. That's how, uh... I f- that's how I feel with uh, with guitar myself, cause like no, I just I just started seriously getting back into guitar like what like two months ago. So I'm yeah, still, when like, we first started working. Yeah, on the I'm like I'm like, like a straight up newbie. And uh, but no, like I, I have a goal to actually like become like a fairly proficient guitarist myself, cause it feeds right back into the drums. Yeah,
0: and my my goal is to, um, become pretty fucking good at guitar and piano like within yeah. the next 5 years or so. Yeah, I just need a fucking piano. Yeah. So if anybody has a piano, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's and there's something I feel like that's really special about learning how to play instruments and that it's such a big undertaking. Like, it's not one of those things that you're going to sit down and you're going to know how to do it after a half an hour. Yeah. It takes a long time. Like, some people are just naturally better than other people. <coughs> and, <coughs> but you can really, like, if you really try to learn how to play an instrument, any, anybody can do it. Yeah. You just have to have the mindset <coughs> um, Something. Something I've always said is I don't believe in like natural
1: talent, so to speak. I do believe in natural aptitude. Mm -hmm. Like, some people do have a natural aptitude towards certain things. Yeah. But at the same time, even someone without that natural aptitude, yeah, they don't have the same head start as the other person with it. But they can, through time and effort and diligence and discipline, they can get to that same level. You know, and that's like something like, Joe Rogan always says on his podcast, you fucking, uh, you know, that's like you get the most fulfillment out of life by taking on things that are difficult to do and spending the time to get good at those things. You know, that'd be, you know, playing an instrument, doing a martial art, doing, you know, doing artwork, doing, you know, something like that. You know, you're something that you're not going (laughs) to get good at, you know, in a in a half an hour or something that it's not going to take you a couple days, you know, as this is like, you know, something that takes you
0: years of your life. And if you really care about it, it becomes addicting. Yeah. It really is like a drug. Oh, totally. Like a lot of times, if if I don't have any weed, I'll just make music. Yeah. And I'll, it's not the same as weed. I can't say it's the same as having weed. Yeah. I would like to always have weed. Yeah. Weed uh, and music. Weed. Yeah, <laughs> <and music. laughs> yeah. But sometimes just music will do it, do it a little bit for you yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Cuz you get such a high off of coming up with ideas. Yeah. And then like when you eventually get to the the good ideas, the good parts. And you sit back, and then you can. I I don't know how other people do it, but I usually will sit down and start writing, and I'll take a lot of breaks. Yeah. Because I have really bad ADHD, so it's hard for me to focus. So sometimes I'll sit down and I'll write for five minutes. Yeah. Take a 20 minute break, come back, sit and write for 20 minutes. But sometimes I'll sit down and I'll write for two, three fucking hours. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. um, But when it does, or the last time it happened, I had Adderall... So yeah, that might have helped out a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying but, to train
1: myself to do the same too cuz like when I was really in like heavy heavy duty drawing mode, I was I was much more disciplined. I could like sit down and draw for like 4 or 5 6 hours straight. Yeah. And, yeah, nowadays, yeah, I have, like, I can get those little bursts sometimes, but then, yeah, it's mostly, like, I'll draw for, like, a half an hour, then get up and, like, go fuck around, do some whatever, you know, fucking smoke some more weed or, Mm. you know, fucking watch something stupid on YouTube or whatever, you know, yeah, then then draw for another half an hour, go fucking eat some chips, (laughs) you know, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, draw for another half hour, you know, Yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to, like, work my way back up to that discipline because, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll announce it on the podcast. I, I kind of want to, for myself, I want to take on my first tackle at what the genre is called hyper-realism. So I've been okay. doing realism artwork for a long time now, realism and surrealism and shit. And the genre of hyper-realism is basically like shit that's so fucking realistic that it looks almost better than a photograph.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh... I, you know, I've learned some of the little kind of secrets by studying for years and years and years these, you know, all these amazing artists that I look at. Yeah. And, and, you know, studying various techniques and doing fucking hundreds of portraits and other drawings of flowers and focused, you know, most of my artwork is focused heavy on realism. So I want to, you know, I have these really uh, big sheets of paper that I got from fucking uh, James years ago. Yeah these big ass fucking sheets and uh because that's that's one of the like i i've noticed that that's one of the common things with this genre of artwork is they do these objects extremely big because it allows them enough room on the paper to get all these like fucking ridiculous details Mm -hmm. and yeah so i want to like obviously i'm going to continue to put out drawings like that are smaller and shit like that but i want to use one of these big ass sheets and take on like like put on like just like one flower on it and have it take up the whole page, but like get every little tiny little detail of it. So when I'm done with it, like literally work on this drawing for like maybe even a year or two. Yeah. And like, just little by little, and by the time it's done, it like looks insane. Cause it's I've I've reached a point in my drawing where like I think, the only thing that I haven't had as far as the skills. Is You know, like, I've developed all the realism skills, but I just don't have the discipline that those guys have. Because, like, I follow these dudes, the Ibex masters, and I post them a lot on my Facebook and shit and my Instagram stories. You know, these guys uh, have been contacted by all these rich uh, art collectors that pay them stupid money. Like, they'll be like, you know, here's enough money to live your life comfortably while you work on your masterpiece. So these guys just have all that, like, it's like the dream life. Like, they Mm -hmm. can just work on their drawing or their painting. And they'll take one drawing or painting and they'll spend, like, five fucking years on it. And when they're done with, and now I've started following these guys back in 2015 and now it's 2020. So Mm -hmm. a lot of these guys are finishing these fucking works and they're posting them up all on their social media now. Cause they're finally like done, man, and these fucking drawings and these paintings are like, are just unreal. They're like anything. They're unlike anything that I gotta anybody's check ever that seen. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's all, I I post them all on my shit. Uh, their Instagram is ibex, uh, i b e x the ibex collection or ibex
0: masters. I b e x ibex collection.
1: Yeah, no, these dudes are unfucking believable, but I feel like. I feel like if I were to just discipline myself and spend like a year or two on one drawing, I think I could produce something pretty fucking yeah these serious, are fucking and I've never done it before, so I just wanna give that a fucking shot,
0: yeah this shit long is story crazy. short, you know
1: <laughs> yeah, no nah, yeah, anybody listening, yeah, check out their fucking Instagram and shit, like all these artists are uh these these dudes are like
0: some of the best. I've seen ever. You know? <laughs> that must be crazy to just get paid to create. No, no, seriously. Like, like the This company, that company Ibex, literally, it was
1: like a group, it, it's honestly like just putting it bluntly, it looks like a group, I I've, they put out videos on YouTube and shit, it's a group of rich white dudes that fucking just have hella money and they provide these artists with dumb cash. like It's not like they're like they're living like peasants like they 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 seek out these fucking artists that are doing these like amazing works but obviously these guys are like most people in life you know they still work other jobs and shit like they provide Mm -hmm. them enough money to live like lavish and like quit their fucking job and just work on these fucking masterpiece drawings
0: because imagine how long that's going to take if you're working a job so you can... Overcome. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: like, du- you know, even double, yeah, it's like, you know, they spent five years to produce that and that's them, you know, that's them getting up and working on these these paintings or these drawings for like a solid, you know, anywhere between six and twelve hours a day. Yeah. You know, these dudes are, are fucking working on them shits and they're, that's five years. So it's like, if you have a job and all this other shit going on... That'll take you 10, 15 years to finish one of those.
0: Yeah. That's fucking insane. Yeah. I could never imagine working on one project for that long. Yeah. No, that's,
1: it's an intimidating
0: thing, man. Like, especially,
1: like, with me, what happens is, uh, especially with my artwork is, like, I I just have so many fucking ideas running through my head where it's, like, I'll work on something for so long, and I'll get to a point where I'm even over it. Where I like, I'm like, all right, let me get this one done, so I can move on to like the next bunch of ideas I have. Mm-hmm. But now I've sort of developed a method where like I can sort of bang out, you know, I I can I know I can always. I've developed enough drawing skill to where I can bang out like little sketches and all that shit to keep feeding that in me while i work on something crazy like i like i can have something crazy going and i can just chip away at it piece by piece you know work on it for like fucking a year or two and i think i could produce something fucking pretty gnarly yeah that could be yeah that could be crazy yeah so that's something i'm looking to do my first like legitimate attempt at something like that yeah, I've been working my way up to it for years, because it's just, yeah, it's an intimidating thing, man. It's like, yeah, to work on one fucking drawing for that extended period of time. or like, It's going to you know, be you know, like
0: the same sort of thing with the fucking album. No, exactly,
1: yeah. I was, I was just going to say that exact yeah. thing, like with the with the War Hippies music project, it's like, because that's going to be a super slow process, because...
0: It has to be. It perfect. has
1: to be, you know, like, because we, we got, like, a lot of instruments, a
0: lot of a lot of shit going on a lot of ideas yeah and and we we just want to give it the time that it deserves to be what what we know it can be no exactly yeah it's something that yeah it can't be rushed and that's why i want to continue doing solo music because i don't want to like just not release any music for no exactly it's yeah it's it's like the exact same He's thing. I'm gonna keep feeding the machine. Yeah, you're
1: yeah, so you you know you keep dropping all your solo shit that keeps feeding your need to create music and put it out. You still mm-hmm. you're
0: still putting out music. And then like with that, it's a lot quicker than yeah. Cause I usually um, I make some of my beats, and then I use other like people's beats yeah um so it's like a mixture of both so i can usually bang out a solo project and if i work on it every day i can bang one out in like six or seven months yeah. like still giving it time to be yeah. good yeah not just being like oh i need to put out another project so just yeah. make one really quick and then because i could do that if if i wanted to like what I, more getting into now but this is how it used to be i used to be able to bang out an album every three months yeah they weren't great but it was an album yeah it was a
1: full body of work you know it was a full project yeah full fully fleshed out project
0: so now i realize i need to slow it down needs to be like put out yeah an album a year and then maybe do like a couple of little singles every once in a while throughout then but I want to be able to put out an album a year so I'm thinking this album if I end up calling it Shades in the Nightclub if you think that's a good name let me know Um, because with Dead Lamb I had a couple of different titles that um, I wanted to go with and then I actually told one guy I was like, "What do you think about dead lamb?" He's like, "Nah, that's stupid." Yeah, and I decided to use dead lamb as a fuck you to that guy. Yeah, no, I and, I like I love that name. Dead yeah, lamb, me too. It,
1: it's like a it's like a horror movie name or something. And that's like, that's yeah, that's a good name. It reminds me of the name of like yeah like a fucked up movie or something or like a cool short story, just dead lamb. Yeah. You know, that's, that's like, that's solid.
0: So, um, for my next album cover, I was wondering if you could help me with this. I want it to look like a horror movie poster from the fifties. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah.
1: No, that's what I, like, uh. When I first got into drawing, like, I'll, I'll send you over the Frankenstein. It's on, If you dig on my Instagram, it's somewhere. I think there. I've seen it. But yeah, no, like, when I first started drawing, all I was drawing was all the horror movie characters from the black and white, like, era and shit.
0: And so with Shades in the Nightclub, it's gonna be, um... And it's it's interesting that it ended up working out this way because the last song I made for Deadlam was Suburban Vampires. Yeah. So, like, the idea for, for this next album, Shades in the Night. Club, I'm just gonna fucking name it Shades in the Nightclub. That's the yeah. name of the fucking album. Um, I want the cover to be, like, a vampire. Like, yeah. Like a Dracula, but, like, not... And I wanna, like, like, be me as, like, a vampire in, like, yeah. the woods or something. Yeah. And then the shades in the nightclub, like I'll be wear, I'll be wearing my sunglasses and it'll be dark outside. Yeah. And then like the nightclub is like this horror forest. Yeah. But I'm, but like I'm a vampire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think be. that, that would, that would be sick as fuck. Yeah, that would be sick. Bam, parental advisory and it's yeah. done. I always fucking loved the, uh, parental advisory stickers. Yeah. It's always been, like, I like it because it's almost, um, it's just, like, a fuck you. Yeah. To, to music. Like, yeah. why the fuck would you do that? Why would you put that on an album cover? Yeah. Like, you, you're blocking out part of the album cover. Yeah. Yeah so like it makes no sense so it's just a total fuck you to yeah to kids that want to listen to music that has yeah. bad words in it
1: yeah started with nwa yeah. man they fucking they were the first guy like they made the the fucking sticker because of them yeah and even back and back then it was even bigger like back oh then, the yeah the parental advisor sticker took up like fucking like a third of the album cover yeah, now now they found you know once like shit like Photoshop and all that shit mm-hmm. came out, they put it right into
0: the they they it's like right into the print of the booklet. Yeah, the so. the one on dead limb's not. That big, but it's definitely bigger than the one on paradigm. I'm like extremely. Um, I think about this. When like parental advisory signs. And, like, most people would, wouldn't, wouldn't think about this, but I like to have it have a pattern. So, like, if you look through all of my albums, like, the parental advisory sign almost, like, jumps. Yeah. And like, that sort of thing. Like, some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller. Um, I really like the small ones, yeah. which is why I, I did that for Paradigm. But, yeah, the one on Deadlam is a little bit bigger, so I'm thinking for this next one it's gonna be like up on the left corner yeah cause usually they'll just put it on the bottom right yeah yeah I was I wanted to like put it up on the left corner I don't know that's something something I always think about I've always looked forward to putting the parental advisory sign on my album yeah a part of me like I think this would be fucking hilarious if I made an album that didn't have any swears in it at all yeah. And I put a big ass parental advisory sticker on it. Yeah. That would be fucking funny. Yeah, like just make that the cover itself. <laughs> like the cover itself is just a parental advisory
1: sticker, but then it's like all clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, there's a lot of shit you could do with uh with that. You know, you could fucking Yeah, there's there's a lot of fucking cool ways to draw that, you know, because, yeah. like, what's, what's really cool about what made the 1950s, like, the, all the black and white horror, like, those were even earlier, too, some of them, like, you know, the early black and white shit mm. is their, their use of, uh 'cause because there was no color, so it, it was all contrast in value so they had to have that real dramatic lighting coming from one side mm-hmm. which made you know the the dark shadows real dark and the light's real light and it and it creates this like amazing effect you know mm. that's pretty much like one of the number one things people do for for like realistic tattoos and shit too that's what makes them last over time is if you have that contrast so yeah like there's you know that's some of the best imagery to work with as far as like album cover or music mm. or uh, movie poster or whatever
0: i'd love to have for for this album have the album an album poster but like it's totally a movie poster yeah like i know that that's been done before but i haven't seen it done in like the old old school horror yeah um posters because those, those were something special those were cool as shit yeah um, and then I want to do a music video for the song Shades in the Nightclub and have it look like an old horror movie. Yeah. I think that would be fucking sick.
1: Yep. Get a bunch of big ass lights and shine them on one side of things. And that's like, yeah, that's like fucking that old Twilight Zone. Yeah, Fucking yeah, yeah. Frankenstein, Wolfman type shit. Like that was all the shit I started on when I uh, when I first got into artwork because my, my, yeah, one of my favorite stories of all time is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, my first actual drawing, like my first serious drawing in in class and senior year in my art class was, was Frankenstein, was Boris Karloff as uh, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. So fucking. Yeah, no, I, I've done. That was like. That's like some of my favorite artwork. Especially before I got into color work, too. Because for a while, when I first started, I wanted to be, like, only black and gray. Like, I didn't want to do nothing color for some reason. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, now when I got into tattooing and met Tim and everything, that all changed. I, like is, And now, now, that even further fucks with, like, the ADD in the creativity, too. Because that, that's another conflict I have is because I equally love both now. So. Yeah. Fucking every time I sit down to do a drawing or some shit like that, I'm like, well, fuck. Do I want to do it in color? Do I want to do something black and gray? Yeah. What? Are, like? Yeah. There's so many conflicts I have. Like I get sort of the opposite of like writer's block or artist block. Like, I have too much shit mm-hmm. going on to where I have trouble like just landing on one idea, and going with it.
0: Yeah. But I want to like. So I've always been like not not so much lately, but like after high school and stuff I was always dressing like a fucking greaser like I had my fucking leather jacket my white t-shirt yeah fucking combat boots yeah. fucking um my, my shades and shit and my and my hair like fucking combed back and shit yeah um which did didn't work then, but like I want to start looking. So I want I'm growing my beard out. I want to start looking like fucking Jack Daniels, like a gentleman from the '20s yeah. and shit, but not that drastic. But I would love for like the album cover to meet for to be for me to be like less of that fucking um kind of like thug greaser like Teddy yeah. Boy, and and more of like an esteemed gentleman. Yeah, like, but. In a way where it makes fun of the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I've always wanted to, like, switch up my, my style. it's like, I always either am wearing a hat, and when I'm not wearing a hat, I usually have my hair combed into a pompadour, which which goes back to the greaser phase. But yeah. that's the one part that stayed through the entire thing. It's just because I, I... It just works with my hair. Yeah. But yeah, I've always thought about like how a lot of musicians will like switch up the way they look and like yeah. their style and stuff from like album to album. I always thought that was that was really cool. Yeah,
1: no that was always dope.
0: Yeah. But and I almost kinda wanna do it too, but like make fun of it. Yeah. In a way. So sort of have like a different sort of style going for
1: yeah, especially, like, back, like, in my dad's era, like, when he was playing all the old, like, like 70s and 80s funk and shit, like, every everybody was dressing all fucking crazy, and each album, it was different. Yeah. Another good band that used to do that a lot, obviously, well, like, Slipknot, they sort of, they changed their masks and their jumpsuits yep. every album. <laughs> uh, Mudvayne used to, like, completely change the way they look, like, they literally would look like different people every mm-hmm. album, it was fucking weird. Because they were all, like, Mudvayne was all a group of weird-looking dudes anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I, I loved Mudvayne when they were around. But, yeah, it's like, so they would, like, when they first came out, they were wearing all this fucking crazy makeup and shit. And all these, like, prosthetics, like, this really well-done makeup. And then uh, I think people were, like, saying they were trying to copy Slipknot too much. So then they came out, they, then they came out and they looked, like, kind of normal. For a while, and then and then their next album, yeah, they like, yeah, they would like all change their hair and their looks and shit, like, yeah, it's like at one point the the bass player was completely bald and like shaved his eyebrows and shit too, and then and then like the next album he had like long hair and shit. It was like it was like shit like that. <laughs> but I always thought that was cool shit though, like because you know like how each album each thing is, it's like a whole new it's the next episode, you know? It's yeah. A, it's a new thing, you know? It's the sequel. It's, it's a, a new, new art.
0: artistic expression.
1: Yeah. I've even tried to do that kind of shit, like, with art, you know? Like, you know, now it's like, you know, like, each each era of, like, shit I do, it's like, you know, I'll try to introduce some, like, some new shit each time. So mm. then it's like, you know, then it's kind of cool, when I look back at, like, old sketch pads and shit, and I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking... That's when I was doing, you know, leaves like this in every fucking drawing. And then yeah. now it's like nowadays I'm doing them like this, you know? Yeah. Cause there's like, yeah, every artist like has that like reoccurring like shit for a certain era mm-hmm. and then they might leave some shit for their whole career too. But then there's some shit that lasted for like one era and then they moved on to some other shit. Yeah. And yeah, I always thought that was cool with like music or art or anything.
0: Yeah, it's nice to you. You never want to have the same variation of the same thing.
1: Yeah. Over and
0: over. <clears throat> so on last week's episode, we had left off, where we were just about to watch *Hereditary*. So, what's your update on that? <clears throat> Or we watch Midsommar. Oh mid- uh, yeah. Sorry, Midsommar. Yeah, yeah, same same director. Yeah, sorry, I'm stunned. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so fucking Midsommar. The first movie since I was eleven years old that I, I couldn't get through in one sitting. I, I had to like so we fucking started it off over here. We got off the podcast, they they ran it, it was already dark out and shit. Oh yeah fucking james and zach here have this bitch and surround sound going so they like this movie was bumping and honestly i don't know if i'd even recommend surround sound for a film like this because it was like it just put yeah. everything over the fucking top and no yeah and so you know i'm not going to spoil anything because i would love for people to honestly watch this movie because now that i finish it and everything and i could totally rewatch it now like because i yeah, you know, i already know what happened and stuff mm-hmm. like you get des like even a movie as fucked up as this, you get desensitized after the first viewing, yeah, and you absolutely. can sort of rewatch it and shit. But fucking, you know, there's there's several points in this film that you know Ari Aster really shows his true genius of what he of you know showing you how good at of what he does best and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to a certain I got like almost to the end, like I mean I was. There was, like, when we, when I dropped out, it was, like, 45 minutes left, but. Yeah. Yeah, there's just, yeah, it's, you know, the whole movie is, as Ari Aster does, it's, like, just this slow burn of, like, just, of, like, increasingly traumatizing shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and done in a very long and drawn-out way, he leaves the shots Un- on there. Makes all. you
0: very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, all
1: that shit we've talked about on previous episodes, you know, he'll take a shot and just leave it there for, like, fucking 45 seconds, you know, like, uh, just, you know, i just, like, and just, it makes you to the point where, like, some of these scenes go on, <clears throat> and they go on to a point where you're, like, you're, like, you're fucking, like, he just, you can't take it anymore, you know, he, he yeah. like, makes it to where you're, it's, like, god damn, like, you need to cut to the next scene, but in a good way, though, like, that's not, like, yeah, like, in, in the best way, it's, like, he, he, He takes what other horror movie dudes, like, don't do right, and he does it right. Like, he'll take, like, the most simplest creepy thing and just leave it going for a fucking long time, and he leaves it, like, right in your fucking face. Yep. So, yeah, I got, you know, this movie's, like, two and a half hours, and I got to, like, an hour and 45 minutes in, so there was, like, only, like, 45 minutes left. But, yeah, it was, like, this one scene that sort of, like, invokes the climax and shit.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's the start of the the end. Yeah, that's
1: that's the beginning of the fucking dreadful end. Brutal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Terrible. And, yeah, no, and, and it's just... This scene could be done in... Like, I won't give away the scene, but it could be in any horror film that exists, right? It's It's not, like... It's you know this scene could have been in any other horror movie, but the way that Ari Aster does these kind of scenes is that's what sets him apart. Like he'll take the common horror movie setup and he just he does it the right way. Like much much like throwing back to uh, the Shining for Stanley Kubrick. That's like the number one example. If like yeah. he he there you can there's a lot of Shining esque things in both of his movies especially Midsommar but then uh, he gets the uh, the other tone too is another great old movie that fucking traumatized me is uh, Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. that's that's a fucked up movie and he, he takes a lot off of that movie as well but yeah no there's a scene and it's like you know it's like a very simple scene but just the way he does it is like the most disturbing shit ever you know, yeah, it was, like, to, in my opinion, it's, like, the scariest movie scene that I've ever seen in any horror movie.
0: I, yeah, I remember right after it, you said that was the scariest shit I have ever seen. No, yeah, like,
1: the, it cuts to the next scene, and, and, like, this, like, this isn't giving anything away, but the very next scene is, like, some more panic-inducing shit. Like, in this movie, they take, like, drugs and stuff, like, at this festival they go to, and... Mm. The drugs hit the main character, the main girl, pretty hard all the time. So she starts and this she's like a really good actress too, so she starts mm-hmm. like having a very realistic looking panic attack. This so there was a nut the neck the very next scene is one of those scenes. So that that's when I was like, you know what, I'm gonna fucking take a break for tonight and watch And this it only shit got tomorrow. crazier from there. Yeah, yeah. Like this movie only keeps escalating from there, but in my opinion though, that the one scene that I'm talking about is definitely and and it was I've looked online and it's a pretty general consensus that that's like the most disturbing scene in the
0: movie yeah cause yeah it's just it's I remember when I when I saw it for the first time I was like deeply disturbed yeah
1: no like yeah this scene is it's one of those like he the way it's done it's just yeah it gets you right in uh, right in that spot like where you're like it's beyond creeped out. You're, like, actually, like, wow, I'm, like, I am disturbed, and I and I want to look away from what I'm seeing. And he's leaving it
0: right in my face for... Yeah. Like, fucking five minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so we saw that, and then the next day we got very, 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 very high and went and saw Tenet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We saw Tenet, the new Chris Nolan film,
1: which... Was just as mind blowing, but not in a traumatizing way, thankfully. Yeah. But yeah, no, Christopher Nolan, is, a fucking genius, and I definitely like we. I definitely would like to do an episode where me and Pat talk about it too, because oh, yeah. me and Pat get really deep into Nolan, because we're huge fans of him. But yeah, no, Tenet, I highly recommend anyone. Who's still, you know, willing to go out to a theater or, you know, knowing 2020, it'll be on streaming pretty soon anyway, because they're not keeping shit in theaters very long. But we went to the IMAX theater to see it. Fucking, uh, it was well worth it too. But, and, uh, yeah, we get, we fucking all ate, uh, like a, like a 70 milligram gummy, right? You know, I'm like, Yeah. yeah, good. You know, I'm thinking, oh yeah, good. Like movie dose. Next thing you know, all four of us are like squirming in our fucking chairs
0: it literally, like I, I almost had to, like yeah. get into a fetal position because it was so. No, big.
1: same. Like I kept like squirming around and like I kept taking pisses and shit for like the the first like twenty minutes because that IMAX hit and then the edible hit me, and it was like fucking. Yeah, there there was a couple moments where it was like, oh, this is fucking intense, and we we were in the back too, so it was yeah yeah right near the speakers and fucking uh, and it's an extremely intense movie too. So it's like, and this one uh, had considerably more action than most of Chris Nolan movies too. Like this shit was uh, this is a pretty bumping movie throughout the whole fucking time. But no, it's amazing. It's like I would say this movie is like James Bond meets Back to the Future yeah no for sure you know yeah that's basically what it is man and, and the time bending shit it gets so complex man where it's uh you know just like a Christopher Nolan movie you're gonna leave there scratching your head and you're gonna have to do some research and then you're gonna have to re-watch the movie a good few times before you like really understand what's going on
0: I'm, de- I'm definitely gonna have to watch it again because yeah. that edible hit me so hard that, yeah like, yeah I feel like I probably missed a little bit. Yeah, same, of same. No, like, there was a couple
1: moments where I was squirming where I was like, yeah, I missed a little bit. Like, my but, uh, eyes
0: were closing a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, fucking, uh... Yeah, no, I think, uh... Yeah, I think Pat and I were thinking about going back to a theater, maybe, and seeing it again.
0: Yeah, I, de- I definitely uh, want yeah. to go see it again. Like, not that high. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, we were You
1: saying the same thing. Yeah, like, go back and see it, like, you know, smoke, like, a normal amount. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But fucking, yeah, and plus, yeah, and now that I've done a little bit of YouTube research on, like, some videos, and uh, same with Pat, too, and then I guess Pat watched it again on Blu-ray, or uh, he watched it on bootleg with subtitles and shit, too, so he, mm-hmm. like, and he was, like, taking notes and shit, so <laughs> he was, like, so, yeah, no, we've, uh, like, once you sort of understand what's really going on in that movie, now it's, like, I totally want to rewatch it, because I'm, like, yeah. oh, fuck, now let me let me see if I can really catch this. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, nah, that's it's uh Yeah, no, nah, that was an awesome movie. Fucking highly recommend. Yeah, I definitely got to see that again. Yeah, it'll probably take me a good like three or four watches cuz that's how uh his other movie Interstellar was for me. Like yeah, Interstellar <laughs> like that that shit gets deep into space and time especially and then like at the climax and at the end of the film you know yeah you're just sitting there like so how the fuck did that <laughs> happen and yeah no it took it took pat and i like a few years of watching that movie to finally like and we finally think we figured it out but we you know with a chris with christopher nolan he makes it so that you never fully figure it out hmm like he leaves, and, and, yeah, he makes it so that it like hurts your brain. Like there's certain questions that you'll get from his films that you'll never answer. And that's and that's like, unless you were to ask him, like if you were to ask him and he were to have him himself confirm, like, "Oh yeah, okay, listen, like this is what happened." But, you know, he's like just like a the, like a movie he made about magicians, the Prestige. You know, he's he's a magician and he won't give up his secrets. Like he usually just tells. Interviewers like oh nah you just you you know it's whatever you want it to be
0: yeah have you have you ever seen the movie Mr Normal no oh my god that is probably I would say yeah I I think it's my one of my favorite movies of all time it's basically the idea is it takes place in like a fairly distant future. You ever, ever seen the movie WALL-E? Yeah, yeah. It's like kind of like that, but like not cartoon. Yeah. So that's kind of like the future that they're in, and they're going through this really, really old dude's um, memories because he's the oldest person alive yeah. at, at that point. I'm not going to give too much of it away. I'm just giving the general premise of it. And he's the only one who was still alive when the world was normal before it turned into the future that it is now. So they were trying to pick his brain and like ask him, what was, what was it like? Yeah. And he has Alzheimer's. So he has two different stories in his head. Yeah. And he can't remember which one was right and which one isn't. So it keeps like flashing back. But oh, the, way, the way this movie was shot was absolutely incredible. And that's like another pretty long movie. It's like two yeah. and a half hours. And that's a movie that like is just will fucking blow you away. It's fucking yeah. insane. I haven't seen it in a while, but that's I'll one that I definitely recommend. I will
1: definitely check that out. You know, speaking of traumatizing movies, I was thinking about Ari Aster still. Because that dude just gets stuck in your fucking head. Oh, yeah. Cocksucker. But, uh, fucking... Uh, there's another... It's a movie made back in 1990. Another movie that I watched that had, like, a similar Ari Aster effect on me. Fucking, like, traumatizing shit. Yeah. Is as a movie... There's a very, very shitty remake on Netflix right now. Don't even watch it. But uh, the original one is called Jacob's Ladder, and uh, it's a movie about uh, basically to not really give too much away. It's The basic premise is he's a Vietnam veteran that is fucked in the head, you know, he's seen a lot of shit, and he starts becoming plagued by these various, like, hallucinations and nightmares, and his world just, like spirals out of control. It's it's a, it's almost like the original kind of Donnie Darko. Yeah. But, but, even like, way more fucked up. Like, yeah, this is one of those movies. I, I, Ari Aster probably took a lot from this movie, too. Fucking, yeah, Jacob's Ladder, 1990. That was like, you watch that movie and you're like, whoa. Like, like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'll, I'll have to check that one yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's a few, yeah, like, like I say, it's been the first, Ari Aster, Midsommar was the first movie in a long time that, that and Hereditary, mm-hmm. you know, those are, like I said, he's the only guy out right now, him and, uh, a close second would be Robert Eggers for yeah. The Witch and The Lighthouse. Two very Yeah, two very great movies. Mm-hmm. Very fucking disturbing movies, too, but fucking, uh yeah, Ari Aster, it's like, you know, at least with Robert Eggers, like, you can, you can get through his movies.
0: Yeah, they're not too dramatizing. Yeah, yeah, Ari Aster,
1: like, he, because he throws in, like, like, real, like, fucking drama, too, like, the, like, the, like, even Midsommar, the way this movie starts is fucked, like, yeah, like, even, the, like, j- like, before the title screen even comes up, you know, Midsommar, and that's even creepy, but, like, the the whole intro sequence of of getting to the title sequence is like wow you're sitting there like wow so that's the beginning of the movie
0: like what the fuck <laughs> I I absolutely love the fucking nature shots in the yeah, beginning of the yeah, movie yeah yeah that was fucking incredible
1: yeah no that every almost every shot in that movie is pure art yeah every shot in that movie could be like a painting or a drawing like in its own right yeah that's and then the movie is feel like i wonder i want to look up who did all the artwork because there's the movie involves these like tapestries and the and real artwork and paintings and mm-hmm. uh, that he had done specifically for the movie and yeah and they're like a lot of them, if you pay attention if in the movie, you know, they're kind of crucial to the plot. Like, they, they tell the whole fucking story, really. Yeah. All these, like, crazy artworks. So, yeah, no, but then, like, the actual shots in the movie themselves are art in their own right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that dude, it's, like, it's an amazing talent that that dude has, like, to only have had, you know, technically two and a half movies and and the fact that his movies are that level is like wow
0: yeah it's it's fucking insane yeah it's like man that's how this
1: dude's coming right out the gate with fucking hereditary
0: and midsummer and like, he's still young as shit too so yeah he, the, at, you, we still probably have like another 20 30 years of watching films this dude fucking yeah is. yeah and it's like
1: you know how fucked up can a movie be? And this dude, I
0: think, in the coming years is going to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I'm really hoping that like he comes out with a new one too, because he put out the trailer for Hereditary. Or not the trailer, or Mitsoma rather. Put out, like, announced it like a year before it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So I can only imagine when he announces the next one it's probably gonna be another year or so before. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's you know yeah, and he's talking about uh, there's rumors that he you know, he wants to make it
0: what he calls a four hour long nightmare comedy. That, and knowing our Ariaser that's gonna be a lot of fucked up
1: Yeah, that's you gotta focus mostly on the nightmare part that he said. Yes. You know, nightmare with like a sprinkle of comedy. It's like, you know, when you make a mixed drink and it's like mostly
0: Jack Daniels with a splash of Coke. Well, it, I <laughs> think that's definitely the direction he's going for because like, yeah, Midsommar is definitely funnier than Hereditary. Yeah, definitely. Like Hereditary had like no funny. nothing. No, that movie was all just
1: serious. fucked. The, and all serious. Like even like, you know, even the, the non-horror like supernatural parts, it was just sad, serious drama shit.
0: Yeah. Where, yeah,
1: Midsommar, especially there's one particular character who serves as, like... Because he, he forms this, because he calls it his folk tale. So it's a lot... There's a lot of Shakespearean shit going on Yeah. with this, too. So there's a character in this film that serves as very much, like, a Shakespearean comic relief. Mm-hmm. He's been in a lot of comedy movies, too. And this kid's funny as fuck. In this movie, he's funny as shit. Yeah. And, and uh yeah but that's you know it's literally like a sprinkle of comedy
0: you know yeah (laughs) and and then
1: yeah like this movie is by no means a comedy at all like this this kid is literally like the splash of fucking coca-cola you'll put in your full glass of jack daniels so i don't know if
0: if that means he's trying to make one that's a little bit funnier than heretic like have more. Well, but li- still. Listen, that can still that can be even more
1: traumatizing because, like, here's the thing. One of my favorite genres of film, too, if it's done right, is called is dark comedies, which they're comedies. It's self explanatory. Comedies yeah. with a little bit of darkness in them, you know. And there's uh there's one in particular that's my favorite with Jim Carrey. is called The Cable Guy. You know, and he plays this cable guy, this fucking goofy cable guy that eventually starts, like, stalking this one customer he has. And, uh, yeah, so it's, like, it's one of those movies that starts off, like, super hilarious and then quickly gets, like, it's like, ah, man, this movie's kind of fucked up now. Like, it takes a dark turn. There's another, uh, TV show done by the fucking you know, one of the best comedians going right now, fucking Danny McBride, that funny bastard. If, if you don't know who that is, that's Red from Pineapple Express. Fucking uh, Kenny Powers from uh, Eastbound and Down. He did another little short series called Vice Principles. And uh, this show is fucking hilarious. And then all of a sudden takes like this super dark turn. And it's like, whoa, this, this got like serious. And, uh, there's another movie with Ben Stiller and Drew Barrymore from the early 2000s called Duplex. Where they buy a duplex, and upstairs, who owns the other upstairs part of the duplex, is, uh, this old lady, who seems like she's nice, but she's really the biggest pain in the fucking ass. She turns out, and that's the comedy part, right? Like, she starts fucking, you know, asking them to do all this bullshit around the house, and just being just a pain in the ass old lady, like, at every fucking turn. But this movie, as it goes on, escalates to the point where they're just... They they try to plot ways to kill the fucking old lady. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, so, so it turns into, like, this fucking dark-ass movie by the end. And then, uh, yeah, one more I'll speak of is, uh, I think my personal... My second favorite is called uh, War of the Roses, which is a classic with Michael Douglas, great actor, and... Uh, yeah, this is like, I think in the 80s, maybe. And it's a movie about just a marriage that starts off incredible, you know, happily ever after, and just goes horribly south. Mm-hmm. And it starts, you know, very comedic and shit. And then you yeah, have the, you know, this, it starts off and then basically ends with them quite literally trying to fucking murder each other. So, like, so that, all that being said, to sum up a long statement, if Ari Astor goes that route, that could be even more disturbing, because he could, because obviously he, with Midsommar, he showed that he, we already knew he could do the disturbing with Hereditary, and then that other short film, but with Midsommar, with that kid, with that particular character, and a few other little moments in the movie, he showed that he can do the comedy thing, too, because I was Mm -hmm. genuinely laughing, like, LOLing, you know, fucking, it was, like, funny shit, so, imagine Ari Aster having like a little bit more prolonged sections of like that level of funny where you're like, where he makes you really happy, you're (laughs) laughing and shit, and then he goes into like some shit like that scene I was talking about. Like it transitions into that. And now you're sitting there like, oh man, you just made me really happy and now you're traumatizing me with horror. Yeah. Like, so I think Ari... four
0: hours do it. Yeah.
1: Four hours long. So I'm thinking that that could be, like, that could be, like, you know, some, some shit that filmmaking hasn't even fucking seen yet. Like, I'm thinking that could be, like,
0: some next-level shit. I feel like th- this guy, by by the end of his career, whatever that is, and that's the other thing, too. We don't know if he's just gonna make, like, a couple of movies and then drop out. But no, exactly. Cause, and, and especially, like, because I've,
1: I've watched some interviews with him, too, and he's, like, he's such a strange fellow. Like... You know, he, he was one of those dudes, he almost seemed like he almost didn't even want to, like, make movies. He just kind of, like, fell into it, and he just happened to be, like, amazing at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Which he definitely weird. doesn't seem like... But, I mean, for all you know, that's a fucking act. Thing, yeah, exactly.
1: Song, yeah, dude. that could be his prestige, if you will. You know, he could just be talking shit.
0: hmm But like you don't know what he's actually like as as a person when he's not being like recorded or written down what the fuck he's saying. Yeah, like this dude could be so many different things. I feel like he genuinely is like a nice guy. Yeah, Um, I I definitely think that. But you don't know. This guy could be fucking crazy. Yeah, because there was
1: a lot of there was a lot of stories of Stanley Kubrick. You know. That and how he was like he was tough. You know, a lot of actors and stuff had a tough time. And uh, in fact, in The Shining, a little cool trivia bit is uh, the actress that played the wife. I can't remember her name right now. Shirley something. Um, it's a
0: Shuval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, what's her first fuck? Fi- um, Did starts with a D. I should know this. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's something Shuval. It. It, I'm googling it. This is embarrassing. Yeah, no, I should, should know. know this. It was a Shelley Duvall. Let
1: me see. Yep, Shelley Duvall. Duvall. Yeah. We, yeah, we Duval. had we were mixing up the D and the <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, Sh- Delhi Shuvall. <laughs> yeah. So fucking this actress. Uh, they broke the world record for most amount of takes on a uh, one scene. Uh, And still, I don't think anybody else has broken the record yet because, uh, yeah, Stanley Kubrick just kept making her do this one scene like over and fucking over again. And there was various moments where he like, yeah, he was like fucking yelling at her and shit like and there. Yeah, there was a lot of stories of Stanley Kubrick on his movies just being tough because he was so meticulous with everything he did. Like he was just a tough dude to work with.
0: You shared this thing on Instagram a few weeks ago from that, um, Cinema Magic page. Yeah. Um, it was the one where it was saying that Jack Nicholson didn't blink once during that entire yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. I never realized that, and, like, I paid attention to his eyes the entire time, and I was like, yeah. that's fucking scary.
1: Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane talent. I never uh, realized that. No, I never realized that myself either. Because then uh, that same one on their Instagram counterpart, they put up a mod like a swipe
0: thing yeah.
1: of like five other movie scenes of actors mm-hmm. doing that, and in one. Like Nightcrawler movie, was. a Yeah, man. yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah, where he has that one scene where he's bitching out the chick, and he doesn't blink once. I'm like, that's that's some creepy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's some real acting right there to do some shit like that. But yeah, yeah, the whole time he's chasing Wendy up the stairs, he just doesn't blink that And whole that's like time. A,
0: that's like a whole minute, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's like an extended uh very Ari like, you know, that's like scene, you know, that that stand that's the original, you know, Stanley Kubrick doing that shit, you know, and that scene plays out the same way. It's like it's one it's actually one shot of of him following yeah. her from the fucking writer's desk all the way up the stairs, so it's like one continuous fucking thing. I'm, I'm, so,
0: I'm definitely due for another uh, viewing of The Shining. Yeah. I the have Shining, it on DVD.
1: The Shining is one of those around Halloween, I watch it every year. Oh yeah, you got to. That's like one of my Halloween marathon movies, like you know, when I get all my horror movies going for, Hol- for October. Oh yeah.
0: I, I like, fucking, I watch horror movies throughout the entire year, but, like, yeah. especially around Halloween. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, I'm a movie buff in general. I'm mm. watch, I'm just watching all kinds of movies from all genres all the time. Yeah. Every, you know, like, I like honestly, that's how I sort of end my night. Like, that's, you know, I do my, you know, I'm fucking going about my day. I'll wake up, draw, I'll go to work, come home, draw some more, maybe play a little bit of fucking video games if I feel like it. Sometimes I'll go, like, six months without playing any video games. Yeah. But, most of the time to cap off my night you know I throw on a movie whether it be something I haven't seen or something I have seen so because I'm I'm a I'm big into movies before I even ever got into art I wanted to be a filmmaker like I'm I love fucking movies
0: so. yeah I, I've made a couple of short films yeah and I, I definitely want to make another one but I um, had a time where I was like strictly focused on yeah. filmmaking yeah fucking.
1: But yeah, with that being said, yeah, but around October, you know, I I like to I like to be festive and shit, you know, and like bust out because I do the same thing with Christmas. I bust Mm. out like Christmas movies I like and shit. So, yeah, same thing with Halloween. It's like all the horror movies and, you know, right right from everything from like the real crazy shit like Ari Aster and Rosemary's Baby. And I'll go right down to like, you know, even the goofy shit like the Jason Voorhees and shit. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. I, I like I love it all.
0: Yeah, one thing I usually tip typically in October, I'll run through all of the Saw movies again. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few of them,
1: dude. The fucking the Saw movies are were classic, man. Cause mm-hmm. like that, especially cause like I was like a kid when those were coming out. Like that was one of the first like series of slasher films, cause all the slasher movies were like back in the seventies and eighties. Like, and it was just
0: like, like a dude following him around, and like it yeah, wasn't even yeah. that, but like Saw was like. Fucked up. Yeah,
1: Saw was, like, innovative. Yeah, that was, like... Yeah, yeah I could different. sit
0: down and watch seven or eight of these Yeah, movies. no, dude, yeah, I, I
1: watched them all. I watched every one that came out. And my my dad liked those, too. Because, yeah, my dad's a tough sell with certain horror movies and shit, too, yeah. man. And fucking, yeah, no, he used to love those Saw movies. He's like, yeah, man, those movies are fucking crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's... Yeah, the, especially the first few and uh, what I love about the second one too is uh, going back to metal is that Mudvayne did, uh, like the theme song for Saw too. Oh really? So uh, yeah, forget to remember oh, no Mudvayne. Shit. Yeah, that was like the, I think it's in the end credits and shit.
0: And the dude who made Saw is the same dude who made all of the Conjuring movies. Yeah. The Annabelle movies. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the I think the Conjuring, the original Conjuring is a it's a fucking yeah, classic that's and a really that's like good a movie. genuinely creepy movie.
1: No, the the first conjuring was was really good. I yeah. really liked it. Uh, another one too uh sort of with the same actor too is uh, the first insidious. Yup. The first Insidious was fucked up too. That was creepy.
0: I like the Sinister movies. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was just gonna say the first Sinister. Oh, that one was. Was genuinely fun. That was another movie that fucked with me. That, that was,
0: yeah, me too. That was one of the movies that like now I wa- I've seen a lot of horror movies, so for the most part, it doesn't phase me. But that was one of the ones where I was like, felt, yeah, like very disturbed. Yeah, the, the first
1: Sinister that. is fucked up yeah there was there was a couple images in that movie where i was like oh wow that was that was that was that uh, was jarring yeah. fucking yeah Now that's a good one
0: i'm trying to think I, oh so i saw this this was like a lot of people in the horror community talk shit about this movie but um it was on netflix it's called terrifier
1: Have yeah you heard of it yeah yeah i saw it, on you there. Watched I, it? I didn't watch it oh but, you didn't uh, watch it yeah, yeah, but I was, it was one of those I like had on my list for a while. Like I haven't gotten to it yet. I don't know if they might have taken it off by now or something.
0: That one was like, it starts off where it's kind of cheesy. Yeah. It's like a clown movie. And I, I won't give too much away, but basically the gist of it is these two girls are leaving a Halloween party and they have car trouble. So they go and wait at a pizza restaurant for this yeah. one girl's sister to come get her. But they get followed by a clown, and um, this clown ends up extremely, like, very, very brutally murdering these girls by the end of the movie, and they <laughs> yeah. show everything. Yeah. I saw that one, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That one was was fucking
1: creepy. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to fucking check that out because, yeah, I've seen a couple movies like that. Like the like a lot of the Eli Roth shit, like uh, the original Cabin Fever has uh, a couple scenes that, yeah, like where that get like so graphically violent. We were like, wow. Yeah. Like, it's like how it... <laughs> did. Like, holy shit. There was this other movie, I, it's really, really fucking cheesy, but I like the movie because it, it's so cheesy that it's creepy. It's creepy because the movie is almost done like those 90s educational movies we'd watch in school. Yeah. Like that kind of cheesy, but it's a horror movie, so it's like, it, it's creepy and it's literally just simply called The Dentist. <laughs> and no, uh, it's, it's honestly it's a cult classic it's one of those movies I'll have to see that yeah one. this this fucking dentist. it's basically s- such a simple plot this dentist loses his fucking shit and just starts you know I, imagine anyone who's afraid of the dentist you know he just starts doing everything to people's mouths that you would you shouldn't be not doing. want you know yeah he's like drilling people's fucking teeth out and shit and, like just fucking it's a cheesy-ass movie, but it's, at the same time, really fucked up.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I gotta start getting ready to get yeah. going. So this concludes the first episode of War Hippies in the morning. Yeah, AM version. AM. So, yeah, if you if you get a chance, um, subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, want to leave a review, um, go for it. If you don't want to, that's fine, but if you do, that's cool. So um, thank you, guys, and we will see you next week yeah Peace.